Welcome to the JJC podcast experience. Today I am Kumo, a member of the advocacy committee, and today we're speaking about pride. We're speaking about the queer community. We're speaking about the people we love, how we love them, what they look like, how we engage with them. We think here at the advocacy committee, we didn't want to do this podcast during Pride Month because we think pride should be celebrated every year, all year. It's not something that should just be a commodity or something that can be marketed by major corporations, but rather something that we live with and something that we accept as being our own. To give a bit of context to why we do celebrate Pride Month in June is because of the Stonewall riots. Essentially, it was four days of riots that began on the 28th of June, Pride Day, at the Stonewall Inn, which was commonly known as a gay bar, and... The police essentially came in in an unexpected riot, and this caused riots in the neighborhood. I hope that makes a lot of sense. Um, But we're really speaking about pride for the youth. What does that mean? How schools engage with it historically? And how we move forward? Today, we have a guest from the Junior Joburg Council. You may introduce yourself. Hi. I'm glad to be here on this podcast and to talk about pride and why it matters so much to us. I'm Josh. I'm from the Arts and Culture Committee within the JJC. So, Josh, I think my first question is, what is pride for you? I think pride is the ability to be your most authentic self. Pride, as a word, to me, just means that you are are completely happy with who you are and have confidence in that. And pride allows us to explore that within each of our own identities. Okay. I, that's, that's, that's an interesting answer. Um, just because everyone has a different answer, I guess. It's not something that's like as easy as race, where you know there's like two or three different things. Um, but it's intricate, and I think the authenticity of pride is what makes it so beautiful and makes it its own. I'm going to go, I'm going to start and say, what's your school engagement with, just with pride? Um, Does the school speak about it? Is it something they censor? Like, what has your experience been in school? And how has it moved you, shaped you, made you who you are? Well, specifically in school, I think in primary school, it's something you don't touch on, and I understand why. But... As you get into high school, I think it starts to play more of a role because when students get around into high school, I think they start discovering who they are, who they love, and what they stand for. Um, From personal experience, I found at first um, engagement from my school personally wasn't great, to be totally honest. Um, In the first few years I was there, um, there was no engagement. It wasn't acknowledged as a concept and there were times when it was censored but I found in recent years and I think it's also interesting a post-COVID world that the school was finally able to acknowledge it and embrace it Um, we had a little talk on pride and just what it means and why it matters Um, there's a pride flag now so it's just, it's a nice way to feel acknowledged and receive that representation that was previously lacking. And I think a lot of schools are going down that road, that a lot of them previously ignored it, but now 
it's starting to get recognized and most importantly normalized i think that's a big issue within the lgbtq community but i'm uh i hate acronyms just because they're a mouthful so i'm gonna <laughs> refer to it as the queer community from now on um but i think within the queer community very often um oh gosh i lost my train of thoughts um but within schools i'm glad they're starting to acknowledge our identities and not treat it as a token it's just part of who we are and there are students that exist this way and they need to receive this acknowledgement i mean even when i was um campaigning to be in jjc one of my major platforms was um recognizing the queer community and trying to uplift them um, and i did i received backlash from this but i would not back down as this is my of this being my platform because of how important i believed it was and clearly my school recognized that because i'm sitting here today i mean I think that's interesting considering that your journey to JJC Incorporated Pride um, and now you're sitting here being able to speak about that. My question to you, which is something somebody's asked me, um, and just to give context, I go to one of the major boys schools in, in Gauteng, more over Johannesburg, and we've flown the Pride flag, I think, since 2020. However, somebody or many people have questioned how genuine is it? How safe is the actual space? Because I don't even think it's a misconception. I think, to be frank, it's very true that boys' schools tend to have a very homophobic stance on the queer community. They don't believe in identity, and we're currently dealing with other things such as tox toxic masculinity. So how genuine do you actually feel that in what the school is doing, they're doing it for the students. And they're not just doing it to say that they're with the rest of the schools around Johannesburg and with the world at large. Well, I think that's a big problem. I'm glad you mentioned the world at large because um, I think there's a major concept that's referred to as rainbow washing, um, where companies, schools, organizations put up a flag um, make an Instagram post, whatever, they do anything possible to seem relatable to a community simply for the PR, so they look good in the eyes of the public. And I think that is a problem, and I think schools have that problem where they, and as much as I appreciate the recognition of it, what are they doing to improve conditions for queer students? Because it's one thing to fly a flag and say we support queer people, but it's another thing to actually put that into action. And I think, as you said, with, I think, boys' schools, there's a big thing of, and I always think of the, like, an insult, which is, like, that's so gay. Uh, what, what does that really mean? It's strange to think and also falls into the toxic masculinity thing where it's if you don't fit that ideal of masculinity that's been created you are seen as less than so you're gay so that's i think an identity problem that's also formed that being gay makes you less than a person you're treated like it's an insult like it's something wrong 
So I think with schools that proclaim their, I'm going to use the word wokeness, and how aware they are of LGBTQ issues, they are lacking in action of it and putting into practice what they preach. I think there's an interesting take, um, not only for the fact that you're like, yeah, I get that when people say you're gay, it's almost seen as an insult and you're less than, but also that a lot of schools are treading on this whole identity thing instead of actually doing something about it, instead of ensuring people are safe, um, and actually dealing with what identity is. So it kind of puts everyone, or let me not say it puts everyone, but it definitely what it does is that it's the question of what is action and what do you do going forward? Because if I was to be asked this question, I'd probably be like, no informed students of what does it mean to be queer, what is identity, um, what can you say, what can't you say, what's acceptable, what isn't acceptable. But the question is, is that enough? Is that the thing that's going to work? And is that the thing that's going to change the mindset? Because at the moment, it's definitely seen that queer communities are coming out and are showing more prevalence in society. Rainbow washing is also becoming one of the most prevalent things we've seen in the month of June, and I think it was massive during COVID when everyone was um, online. Um, we didn't have interaction. But my question then becomes, is that a bad thing, or do we use that as a part of bringing it closer to our solution and sharing what it means to be prideful? I think as a community, um, queer people have always taken anything bad and tried to make good out of it. So, and I think we're doing that. We take that rainbow washing, which is often kind of harmful for the community in the sense that it tokenizes them. However, they can take that public recognition, that public image, and use that to voice real issues. So I think that as companies in the world start to recognize LGBT people, it lets the people within the community make their voices heard on issues that really matter. And you spoke about, is education enough? I think so. I think education is the cornerstone of change. However, I think often that education comes too late. It's when you're educated, having already been given ideals that are so set into you that it's hard to change. You have learnt that queer people are bad, or you have learnt that you should avoid queer people. And it's hard to change those habits you've learnt. Changing a habit, changing a behaviour is not easy. I mean, you've seen how hard it is for people to say quit smoking or something. It's difficult to change those behaviours. So I think education is the solution, but that education needs to start from when ideals are being created within an individual. So, and this isn't saying you are creating a generation of children who are all queer and gay and whatever. It is instead creating a generation of people that are inclusive because 
no matter what, if you teach your child about what it means to be queer, that doesn't mean your child will be queer. People love who they want to love. But teaching a child how to love everyone, no matter what, is what really matters. That's, yeah, I took that one to heart. Um, especially because I think for many people, that is the fear. Once you teach your children about queerness, about pride, about essentially taking their identity and making it their own, they fear that that child is going to become that. That child, knowing it's okay or wants to go into that space and want to essentially become that. Um, and I think my question then to you is, obviously now, what's your environment like, just in terms of how you engage with it, um, the communities you're around? Do you ever feel like you have to hide your identity or do you just embrace it fully regardless of who's around you? I think in initially exploring my identity, obviously I did try and hide it to a degree because I think even me being not obviously the youngest person in the world, when I say the youngest person in the world, I'm part of the youth, but I'm almost an adult now. So I'm in the older end of children and young people. So I did have these ideas of queerness bred into me that were harmful but obviously having explored my identity I was able to overcome them but I think now where I am today I don't think there's a point in hiding or changing your identity for anyone people generally speaking don't change who they are around other people people will go out on a date with their partner of the opposite sex and kiss, hug, whatever, public displays of affection, all of that. And yet often as a queer person, you're expected to hide that. And I refuse to give into those expectations to hide from the world. So personally, I try to engage with the world like anyone else would and treat it no differently. So no, I don't hide any part of myself and the people I surround myself with are people who accept me because I would never want to surround myself with anyone who doesn't like me for being me. And even within my family, I don't care about how they feel. I am who I am. And if that makes you love me less, I'm sorry to say, but you probably didn't love me in the first place. Oof. That's a pause. Um... He didn't love me in the first place for a while. Okay. That no, that's heavy. That's heavy. But I would like I guess I would you would never think of it if you're not part of the community and I always feel like I've always been in a very heteronormative environment. Um always gone to a boys' school, never engaged with what it meant to be queer and I think at the moment just because most of my friends are or a large majority of my friends are female, you also engage with them because they're, I say, more fluid with their identity, more fluid with who they are as people. But I want to touch on that expectation thing um, because I remember watching Love, Simon whenever that movie came out way back when. And it takes a play on people having to come out um, and people having to say, this is who I love, this is who I like. And my question then to you is, do you still feel it necessary that people come out? Do you feel that 
it's just something that people should keep to themselves? Or do you think it's just one of those things that over time we just don't have to do it because people understand that we love who we want to love? I think it's quite uh, cute that you mentioned Love, Simon. It's a, it's a cute movie. Um, I think it's also it, nice in the sense it does make being queer more palatable to younger audiences because it is, it's, it's a romantic comedy meant for, I would say, adolescents. So it makes it understandable and normalizes it. Um, there was actually a scene in the movie um, that I think is quite relevant to the question you asked and it um, showed... Um, straight or heterosexual individuals having to come out in a sense and how people reacted and I think it kind of showed the pointlessness of coming out. It showed that in essence it's a really strange concept to actually have to stand in front of a group of people and declare who you love. So I think for now coming out is something that's necessary because it's not the norm. But I think as we move on, I think it would be wonderful to see where you don't have to come out, where it's just a matter of fact. Oh, by the way, I'm dating a boy or I'm dating a girl or whatever. Or I don't think I believe I fit in the body I was born in. I think it will make things a lot more sustainable for the community if they are able to simply exist without having to plan a coming out and be like, will people in my family accept me? Will I still have a home after this? Will I be kicked out? So I think moving forward, coming out will hopefully no longer be necessary. But right now I think it's still an important um, means of grasping your safety within a community and a place. But as you mentioned with the movie, I do think it's a bit pointless. No, I, I also agree because I was, I mean, I laughed with my parents because um, I said to my parents, if I, I was like, I don't think I ever came out to you guys as straight, but I just want to let you know that's who I am. And they were kind of like, okay, we'd love you anyway. Um, and it's interesting because for different people, there's a different experience. And people have negative stories. People have extremely positive ones. Um, and I don't know if it's because we're still trying to grasp what identity is and what people are and who people are. Um, but we're also trying to break a lot of barriers. Like I think for far too long, it was almost like seeing two people together the same sex was almost wrong you almost felt some type of way about it and now it's become more common um what i do want to ask though because we were speaking about love simon is what's your take on the media essentially using queerness to sell parts of their story because initially we started off with well there was subtle hints so like i know historically in certain movies there's been subtle hints of characters maybe looking to explore their identity um, but it's never been to the extent where you can directly say that is an individual who's part of the queer community. It's very like small and only in ways in which you'd pick up if you were really looking into it. Um, but now we've shifted and transitioned into almost a new society where, I mean, almost every show wants to have the gay storyline or wants to have the queer storyline. Um, 
do you think this is a positive thing? Do you think it's a negative thing? Do you think it should it should still be used, or do you think we should just look at it as every other love story that takes place in the show? I think it's a very nuanced and complicated issue, as many of these things are. I think one of the first problems that arises from it is, looking historically speaking, queerness has been around since virtually the beginning of time and the beginning of humanity. People have always had attraction to the same sex, to both sexes, to different genders. So queerness has always been around. However, I think the, if I recall correctly, the first queer, openly queer character to appear on television was a character, I think in the 90s, played by Ellen DeGeneres. So looking at it in perspective, thousands of years of history yet only public representation within popular media 30 years ago and in the grand scheme of things 30 years is inconsequential so I think that's the first thing that looking at it as a big picture is it actually hasn't been around for a very long time um, and I think now we're starting to see a lot more queer representation there. Television shows surrounding queer stories, which I think some of them are really fantastic. But I think there's also in television programs that are marketed towards the general audience. So they're not necessarily about queer storylines, rather just a storyline. They like to include queer representation. And I've mentioned this quite a few times tokenism where it is a character that is there specifically for representation this is seen not only within the lgbtq community but it's seen within people of color it is seen with women even so it is an issue that occurs across the board and i think in a lot of ways it has been very harmful because it is essentially taken being queer, which is, typically speaking, a small part of a person's identity. People within the LGBTQ community have so much depth, as all people do. But often these shows and movies or whatever will reduce them to their queerness. They're a stereotype. All they do, all they talk about is their partner of the same sex. And the only relevant storyline within the program is them and their relationship with their queerness. And I think that is one of the problems. Um, so with that comes kind of a toxic mindset. And I've seen this mindset echoed by quite a few people is that gay people only care about being gay. That's their only personality trait. And I think media has perpetuated this which is one of the biggest issues. So I think as media moves forward, as I mentioned with coming out, it should be more matter of fact. So this person is queer. They have a partner of the same sex. This is their journey, but they have more to it than that. However, I do still think it's important that they do talk about queer storylines and coming out and things like that to expose people to them and normalize it but I think the issue comes in where that becomes the entirety of the character.
No, I definitely agree. Um, and I actually see where you're coming from because, like, if I, I was trying to think of just any shows I've watched recently where there was, like, a queer relationship. And you're right, it is a sense that they make it the only identity and they want everyone to sell that a queer person can only be queer and they have no other bounds. Um, I'm going to ask you one, like, last kind of low-key controversial question. Um, so, comedy. Comedy is one of the spaces that tends to take a poke at most communities. But as of recently, there's been a lot of flack for comedians who've taken pokes at the queer community. Do you think that people outside of the queer community should be able to comment, make jokes, um, within their bounds, obviously, and not obviously like using the F slur and stuff? Um, should they be able to make jokes about who those people are, what, what it means, what their engagement is? Or do you think that at the moment the world has to take a step back and let everything be normalized before we step into that realm? Well, I heard a very interesting comment. I can't remember who said it, but it, the comment was, in the world of comedy, no matter how controversial a joke is, it will only receive backlash if it's not funny. So to me, it's often the case where comedians will try to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. There's no reason behind it. It's not part of their comedy. Because every comedian I find has a brand of comedy. And I would also encourage people to seek out some queer comedy. Um, there's some really fantastic queer comedians. I know Netflix actually recently came out with a special. I think it's called Stand Out. Um, so I'd encourage people to check that out. It's got a whole host, I think, over 30 queer comedians showcasing the talent within the queer community. But within comedians, I know there was massive controversy with, I think his name's um, Dave Chappelle, who made a comment about um, trans people within one of his comedy sets, and he received a major backlash from it. I think he was even uh, attacked for it at one point, I believe. Um, and I do think, despite him having made these comments, um, attacking or physically hurting another person for any reason is completely unacceptable. And it does sadden me to see this reaction from the queer community. However, I do believe that we need to take a stand against, it's not just comedy as a whole, but it's media making a joke of being queer. Because right now, it's not funny. There's still hate crimes happening. There are still people dying. It is, it is honestly still a hard time to be queer despite all the leaps and bounds we've made in acceptance. So when you make the joke about it, there's very likely a chance that it's going to hurt someone. And as well, within comedy, um, again, another quote I heard because this issue became relevant, so I started reading up about comedy as a whole. They said the best comedy comes from within yourself. There's nothing within yourself that has ever experienced something a trans person has, or has ever experienced something a queer person has, if you're making a joke about it, and you're not queer. And as such, it can't be particularly good comedy for that reason. 
you are taking something you don't understand and making a joke of it. You can't really be funny if you don't understand something. Because if you don't know something, how are you expected to... Because you know, they often say comedy is one of the most intellectual forms of entertainment. And if you have no intellect regarding something, how can you actually be funny? So that's kind of how my stance on the comedy world within being queer is. I definitely think that's a, look, that's a take. Um, and I mean, I had a debate with my friend about Dave Chappelle. Um, and also there was a Kevin Hall situation when he couldn't host the Oscars. And I think looking to it now, I still don't know. So I, I get, I get what you're saying. And I, I, I agree to a large extent. Um, what you're saying, and I go, because it's interesting. I also I also read the articles of what happened to Dave Chappelle, because um, I watched the comedy special, and there was a couple of jokes. I was like, okay, these are shaky, but everyone was laughing and so on and so forth. And essentially, the whole comedy special is dedicated to his trans friend who committed suicide because of transphobia. Um, and then I read the articles, and there's. There's almost a weird thing in media where we omit or we add or we pick what we want. And I think that's what media is. It's very much picking the stories which we want and making them our own. Um, that made it hard for me to decide what it was. Dave Chabelle did a bad thing. I don't disagree. He was knowledgeable that he did a bad thing and he said on stage and he was very, he was very conscious of the fact of what he was saying. And he was like, even though some of you might take this a certain type of way, just know this is who I am, this is where I'm coming from. And I think that's where it is. It's about do we allow people to have their identity to speak their voice? And I get what you're saying. It's a sensitive time. And I think at the moment people should avoid doing that if it's not their experience because they'll never know until people can engage with that. Well, I think I'm going to jump in there. And first of all, I'm glad you spoke because I think within issues there's a lot of room to discuss for debate because in all honesty... You can't just say, this is what we want. We have to have it. I think there has to be room for discussion and openness from everybody involved. People need to make their voices heard, even outside of the queer community. Um, and I do understand where you're coming from. But I also think that leads into an issue of often straight people will try to speak for queer individuals yeah. as opposed to letting, as opposed to amplifying queer voices, they instead speak for them, mm -hmm. which I think was also part of the reason people took those comments to heart was because instead of taking it as a moment to amplify, it instead allowed the straight person to speak on behalf of on them. Behalf. And I th look, I think that's very true. That's why I'll agree with you fully. I don't think, I think as much as he, instead of providing a platform, he took it. And I think there's there's no doubt about that. And I think that's what it is going forward in the 21st century, having to unpack identity, having to unpack what's right, what's wrong, moral codes. Um, because a lot's going to be said, and I think a lot's going to be done in the next couple of years. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to always have a right or wrong. And I think having discussions, being able to debate them and not necessarily being absolutist on what we're saying allows us to grow, to grow as a youth, to grow as a society and to grow as a 
as a globe. Um, any closing remarks from you, Josh, before we outro? Um, I mean, I think we've discussed a lot of important things and specifically things that are relevant to the youth. Media coming out, how you see pride and being part of the community. And I just think I would like to more just send a message to any young people listening or to queer individuals that you aren't alone. There are people supporting you and that your identity matters and that you matter. Being queer doesn't limit you or hinder you from living life and being an amazing person and making change. I mean, I'm here in the JJC trying to make change right now and trying to represent at least a small fraction of the queer community if I can. So that's what I have to say and that, yeah, to any young queer people, you've got this. I think I'm gonna let it be Josh's final words and we'll close there. Thanks Josh for being there. That is the end of this podcast, if you've made it all this way. Thank you. That is the JJC podcast experience. Bye.